I'm lonesome but happy, rich but I'm broke, and the good Lord knows the reason. I'm just a cowpoke from Cheyenne to Douglas. The ranges I know, 'cause I drift with the wind. No one cares where I go. Welcome back. Or welcome to the Manchild Podcast, the Struggle Well Stories. We are on a journey, on a mission. We're trying to find people that are just out there carving out this lifestyle that you think is only possible on Instagram or you've convinced yourself you're not qualified for it. We are in pursuit of the guy we thought we'd be when we were a kid. That guy in the backyard, wearing a cowboy hat, shooting his six-shooter. The guy thought he was Indiana Jones. The guy thought he was uh, Batman. Michael Keaton version was the best. Don't don't at me on that, okay? Um, you know, you didn't ask anybody for permission to be that guy. Right, and so if it's if it sounds hard, or if it sounds like an adventure, or it sounds like something that would be cool to tell uh, at, at your funeral, then it's probably worth doing it. But here's the deal: is it's probably going to be really hard and really uncomfortable, and there's going to be a million reasons why you shouldn't be doing it, and everybody's going to tell you, "Well, you tried hard. You should, you know, just just you." Do something that, you know, maybe isn't so difficult or pays better. And then you're making a deal with the devil to be miserable for the rest of your life. So that's what we're doing here. This is what Man Child is about. All right. Uh, guys, pretty excited about this guest. Um, interesting cat, man. Good time, Charlie Charters. Charles Slattery. All right. Charles is a deep sea diving, free diving, spear fishing, hog hunting, bear hunting. He's like Davy Crockett of the ocean. All right. He's like uh, uh, just he's a wild man is what he is. And he's doing it exactly how he wants to do it. The other thing I think. Um, that's important that you understand and take from this conversation is so much of the life that he's living right now. Guys, he goes all over the world. He charters trips. You can go with him uh, to Africa. You can go with him to Costa Rica. You can go to Mexico. You go to these amazing, amazing, beautiful places. And he's just a he's just a down home Florida boy. But there's a there's a Really a, a a thread here that I want you to grab a hold of as we get into this conversation is there's a curiosity to how he looks at things and uh, there it never registers to him that he shouldn't be a part of this or, or you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not. How many of us do that, right? Oh, I'm not a hunter. Oh, I'm not a I'm not an art guy or I don't I don't know anything about music, but if you love music, 
right? Then pick up a guitar and and go try to learn your favorite song. If you love to do something or it's interesting to you or it sparks your imagination or your curiosity, do not let all these other people that don't know anything tell you that you shouldn't be doing this thing or you didn't invest all the time. Listen, this is the first time in the history of mankind that we were not Renaissance men. We have someone else to cook our food or to raise our food for us. We have someone else to to fix our things in our homes when they break. We have someone else to tell us how we should be working. And there is more time on this planet that man has spent here doing everything, then he hasn't. This whole lifestyle that we've created for ourselves lately is uh, new um, and it's strange and it's unnatural to how we're supposed to be. You are the guy that can do anything he wants. You're the guy that can, that can be, if you want to be the, 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 the musician, the cowboy, the farmer, the philosopher, the writer, the, the, the romanticizer, whatever you want to be, man, you're that guy. Go be that guy. All right. And be inspired. We hope that we can help you get started on the pursuit of who you thought you'd be by now. When you were that kid in the backyard rehearsing for it. We talk about what uh, maybe the lie that is, oh, I got a really good job and I'm making a whole bunch of money and I got it made. Or uh, everybody having a super opinion about how you should be fishing or how you should be hunting or just just nonsense. And we he, he calls out some of that stuff. Uh, but he's, a, he's an interesting listen. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it. All right, here we go. What you know about me? What you know about child? What you know about struggling well through this life? We're better together. What you know about men, child? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back or welcome to the Man Child Podcast. My guest today, a very, very interesting cat, Charlie Slattery. Did I say that right? He did. He got it. <laughs> okay, got it. I almost panicked at the last second. Slater, Slater. Um, you got a really interesting lifestyle going on. Part of what we do at Man Child is you know, question these lifestyles that we are designing for ourselves. If it's not exactly what we want, what can we do? How do we... How do we make things uh, in our lives? How do we give reasons to want to wake up in the morning? And it seems like you are well on your way to do that. Let these listeners know kind of what it is. Yeah, man. So, uh, so I was exactly, you know, what you, what you would describe as the average American. You know, I, um, I woke up every day, went to work went to bed, you know, I I worked 14 hour shifts and and made a ton of money. And, you know, I was living the life that everybody outside of it was like, Oh man, you know, you're just killing it. Living the American dream. You got a great job. Um, and, and everything was just doing real well for myself. And, you know, but, but every day I went to work, I was like, man, I'm, I'm living the American dream, but I, I didn't feel like I was living my dream, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, So I ended up just, I don't know, you know, I don't know what happened. I got a wild hair up my ass or what, but I, uh, I just 
one day I was like, I had enough, man. I, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I was going places, traveling all over the United States for work. I, I worked in the power plant industry industry. Okay. And, um, and I would, I would go to all these, almost every state in the country and, and, and still to this day, I, I've never seen the actual state. You know, I would, I would go to a, a parking lot and a campground. I pulled a camper behind my truck and, uh, and I, and I never seen anything, got to do anything, never really lived any kind of adventure. And, uh, and something just hit me one day and I'm like this, I'm done with it. So, so I ended up selling out everything I had, uh, the company, the house, uh, I had, I had a couple houses at the time and, um, I just sold everything and, and I traveled for a couple of years, just traveled the world and traveled the United States and, That's and, amazing. uh, yeah, I ended up just doing whatever the hell I wanted to do, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and, you know, 95% of it was was based around spearfishing and freediving. Um, and where did that come from? Where did you get into spearfishing, freediving? Where did that kind of spark? So growing up in Florida, I'm born and raised South Florida. Um, uh, I would I don't want to say to South Florida because those guys are a different breed. But right, that's a whole nother uh, country. That's a whole You've nother Never been to South Florida, folks. It's another. Don't go. You need a passport. <laughs> you need a passport. Yeah, I uh, know, it's nuts, man. So, so I was. I mean, I, I'm just born and raised Southern Florida, uh, backwoods kind of dude, and and you know everybody in Florida that I know, growing up with, it's it's kind of a thing. I don't know what you guys do out there, but our parents work their asses off all year long. They get two weeks vacation. Um, yep. You go to the, you go to Florida Keys and you and you get lobsters. Oh yeah. Um, I just did that. This works. is my first time. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so you know the, the, that's an adventure in itself because we're all a bunch of dumb rednecks and you don't use your boat or your camper or, or your fishing rods or anything until that day. So. You know, everything breaks on the way down a, a four or five hour trip to me as a kid. You know, it, it took two or three days. We would have to stop in Orlando, then stop in West Palm Beach. And it was a hell of an adventure just to the, get to the Keys. And now, man, like if my buddy sends me a message and he's like, hey, man, you want to die this weekend? I'm Chelsea and I am like, we're up in the Keys in a couple hours. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, man, what a joke. But what got me into spear fishing and all is, uh, is, you know, growing up, we just, we all grew up with a spear gun from five, six years old. We would, we would start watching our parents snorkel and every lobster hole you go to. Typically, if you're in the, in the Gulf side, there's a red grouper in it. You shoot the red grouper first, then you grab the lobsters wow. that, yeah. and that, that was spear fishing. Um, so, you know, we, we obviously thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And then, uh, we never had like crazy fins. We had what everybody else had. We back in the day was Kmart. We would go to Kmart. You would get a, a little mesh bag. It come with a, a pair of fins, a mask and a snorkel and a right. pair of gardener gloves. And that's what you got lobsters with. So when I was working, um, when I was working at a power plant on the East coast of Florida, um, man, it might've been 12 years ago. Uh, I had, I always had carried this, this Kmart bag of gear on my boat and I went out with a buddy of mine and, and we had no idea what we were doing. We just got lucky. We 
we got a job and we rented a house right on the water between the few of us and, and I had a boat and it was a little flats boat, a 20 foot flats boat. And this old boy that I met was from down there and they, they would catch mahi mahis. I mean, every weekend they would book a charter. His dad would go and he'd catch mahis. And, yeah. and where I'm from catching a mahi is that's, I mean, that's the most, that's the coolest thing you can do in the world. Like we're used to catching stingrays and, and little sharks and all that. Right, right. Right. You know, so, uh, so I'm like, oh shit, yeah, man, we're gonna, we're gonna, let's go catch a mahi. So we take my little boat out, and I had my my dive gear already on the boat, and uh, there was this big weed line, and there was mahis all over it. We had already caught a few of them, and I said, dude, I wonder what would happen if I if I jumped in, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I jumped in with my. What did everyone was, say when you said that? Were they just, yeah, man? Oh, or, man, they're, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah, right. you're, we, we were in 2,000 feet of water. We had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> I said, I just want to see what's underneath this thing. So uh, so I jump in, and um, and I had what's called a 38 special AB biller. Every, just about every spear fisherman on the planet, that's their beginner gun because you, you can buy them anywhere. It's the most expensive piece of shit you'll ever touch in your life. So, <laughs> okay. like, but it's it's the most obvious one. You Google spear gun, bam, you, you know, and like you look right. at it, and you go to every store on your way to Keys. It's the first one on the shelf, and they're like, man, so they get up to like 600, 700 bucks, and they're just so. You, I had this spear gun, and, and it, at you know, to me, it was amazing. It was, and I I get in the water with it. I'm like, man, there's damn fish everywhere, and all. Throw me the gun. It had no float line, no reel. No, I mean, just right off the shelf. And I shot in my mind. I shot a barracuda. And again, I'm from like I don't see stuff like this. You know, right, I'm, right. I'm from the Gulf Coast of Florida. In a, I grew up in a place called like near Yankee Town, which is like there's like seven people there, one gas station. The water's black, um, and we don't do shit like this. Yeah. So. Growing up, a barracuda, you, like our parents, you're not allowed to wear a necklace in the water. You better take your watch off. A barracuda is going to attack you because you look like a lure. It, it was all the dumbest redneck stuff you'll ever hear in your life, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I shoot a barracuda, and dude, in my mind, I'm literally the most stoked kid on the planet. I, it, it was like I shot a, a damn – I don't know what's the coolest animal you can shoot in hunting, but I got it, you know? Right, right, right. So we're holding up pictures. We're doing – and right when I shot it, it died. Like I'm like, well – I know I shot it, so it's gonna die. But I shoot it, and I just carry it to the boat. And we're all screaming and yelling, and uh, we were just like, "You, you're the coolest thing in the world," you know. So we go back to the the fillet table, and we're cleaning up all these dolphins and stuff. And this old this other dude was there, and uh, and and he's like, "Oh, how did y'all do today?" And all this, and, and we were showing him our catch, and he goes, "Oh, you got a wahoo," and I'm like, "What's a wahoo?" I didn't even know what a wahoo was. <laughs> And uh, gotcha. so I said, yeah, I was like, well, what's a Wahoo? And, and he said, right there, man, you, you shot a Wahoo. Yeah, that's right there. And then, yeah. yeah, again, I was like, oh, cool. I shot a Wahoo. I didn't even know what it was. And uh, I thought it was a Barracuda. Yeah. So I went to the local dive shop and I was telling them, there, like, man, I shot this. Apparently I shot a Wahoo and all this. And they started, man, you don't even know what you just did. Like there's people that go all over the world to shoot Wahoos and and they they started telling me about you know this thing called uh, free dive spearfishing and and it was like but these guys are crazy dude they're nuts they go to Mexico they go to Panama they go all over here 
and there was this old man in the in the dive shop listening to the the whole conversation and uh and he pulled me aside and he's like hey man he's like i want to introduce myself and he did and he actually owned a wetsuit company and he was one of the he's like the og of free dive spearfishing man he these kind of guys are oh yeah man they're like they're my style people to a t like they back in the day they would shoot every jewfish they seen they'd shoot sharks they i mean they just did it just to have yeah. a damn good time they'd shoot snook in the inlets and tell me all these stories and he's like yeah he he's like i uh i go to all these places and he's like we shoot tunas and marlins i'm like you gotta be kidding me you know like right. <laughs> never even heard of some of these fish much less see them in the water so so dude that one that one wahoo like that was like just changed my life you know i'm like whoa right and uh so he's so funniest part of the whole story is uh he hooks me up with this group of people he's like man i, I can't make this trip he's, he's a general contractor he's like i can't make this trip but i know a group of people that just called me this morning he's like they're going to uh baja mexico to go spearfishing and they're looking for people to go with them and I was like, sign me up. When are we going? So he's like, I, I think they're leaving this weekend. So I got in touch with him, bought a plane ticket, and uh, I went to Baja, Mexico. And, dude, again, like, I still had no idea what was going on. So I packed my gear. I brought my uh, my little fins from Kmart and my little spear gun. That's awesome. And, and I go there, and all these dudes are, like, legit, man. They have these giant spear guns, these crazy fins, and all these buoys hanging off their – gear and all that and i'm standing there like are you shitting me like you know what so so i go into water with all my stuff and my mask is leaking and uh i just i was the complete goof of the trip and fortunately they were they were just insanely nice people they they brought extra fins they had extra guns and you know they they kind of taught me the basics of it um and that's what really got me into it i was like oh man this is a world this is a world unknown. Yeah. And um, I, I think when people think, especially where I grew up in my part of the country of middle America and, and the Ohio Valley, that when you think spearfishing, it's like some exotic, exotic thing. And, and for the most part, it is, is what you're describing. But I think there's something, there's a couple of character traits here that kind of set the table to give you a place at the table that I'm noticing here, right? Because I'm into the actual pursuit that you're talking about. I think it's amazing. I think it's interesting. It's something I want to go deeper into. But if somebody that's just listening to this podcast and is like, what's spearfishing have to do with me? I have no interest in this. There's some stuff to be able to take away. One is you, you, you seem to have, there's a general trend of curiosity and thinking there's there's got to be more out of a life experience right curious what's under this weed line and everybody else is just let's fish the weed line we usually catch mahi there and you uh and you don't care what it looks like or or if you're qualified you've got kmart gear and you dive under there and you do something that people that are very quote unquote serious in the sport haven't done yet and instantly you've 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 given yourself an invitation to a uh, party or group or or sector of the world that otherwise you wouldn't have known about, and I think people need to understand that 
that curiosity and just saying, right, let's see what happens. And who are you to tell me I can't do this? And you did that. And then the next thing you know, you're on a boat in the Baja of Mexico with some world-class spear fishermen. I think that's a really interesting story and that we can apply to basically anything that sparks our interest instead of thinking, well, but who am I? I don't know anything about spear fishing. You said, let's try it. And all of a sudden you're there with some of the world's best. I think that's real. I don't mean to stop you, but I thought that was something cool to pause and, and notice. No, man, you're, you're exactly right. And it is, it is a personality thing. Um, and, and I, I kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say toot my own horn. I don't know the saying, but like, it's just how I do anything. Like I go head first and, and all the way in the entire time and uh and spearfishing was was just one of them like when i i don't ever like to ask questions or do a bunch of research like most people do that most people spend more time doing research than they actually do doing something and it it really gets on my nerves sometimes because i get a lot of these people that like when they come on the boat or when they come hunting with us or they do anything it's like they ask so many damn questions it's like, well, I seen this online or I seen this dude do this or I read this in a book. And it's like, yeah, but why don't you just do it and figure it out? And it's like a lot funner that way. You know, like even if you are we allowed to cuss on this show? Well, you have been. Probably so, not. You know. Yeah, well, well, I'm doing what I want. So, <laughs> no. So but it's like if you screw it up and it's, you know we're all going to laugh or you're going to laugh or you're going to have a story to go home with. And you're going to say, man, I saw this giant hog or this giant barracuda, amberjack, whatever you want to talk about. And I, man, I shot from 400 yards away. And I, Charlie told me to only be four yards away and I completely screwed it up. <laughs> and it, you know, but it's like, right. you just got to go in and just have fun with it, man. And, and, and I do that with everything, dude. Like I, I don't care what it is. Like, uh, for instance, right now, I mean, right at this very moment, I'm tiling a friend's bathroom. And it's like, I don't know how to do tile, dude. But like if old boy on the, walking in Home Depot with a Harley Davidson bandana on can, uh, you know, can tile a bathroom, I'm pretty sure right. I can do it. You know, right. and that, like, that's it, not there's a fine line, you know, between it, it's not being arrogant, but it is. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's fearlessness. It's just though. self-confidence, too. self-confidence. Like, and, and I'm not yeah. afraid. What's what's the worst that could happen? We don't get the bathroom tiled. But exactly. dude. What's yeah. the, but it's going to be a damn fun time. Like we're going to look back and say, man, you really screwed my bathroom up. Or, but <laughs> right. It's just a confidence thing. And, and it was like that with spearfishing. I I met the people and I was like you know, I was like, Oh, I can do better or I can do this. And I can, and, and it really intrigued me to like push my own limits. And, and I got a couple buddies that we have the same personality and they all got into it. And we're like, we're taking it to the next level. Um, and there's other guys, don't get me wrong. There's other guys in the world that they do kind of the same thing I'm doing. And each one of us as a guide, we have respect for each other. Um, you know, some of us might not like each other personally and all this, but we all have respect for each other as what that person does. And we all have our own personalities. Right. So it's it's really nice for the clients. Um, spearfishing isn't big enough yet to have, I would say, like a like a biography type thing where you, you choose your guide to your personality. Right. My my guys are all man. They're nuts. Like they're all just like me. We're known as the guys that are just you know, like, you know, you guys are going to get yourselves killed one day. Like we're always just doing dumb shit all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but we're always, always, always the group of guys that aren't too serious. We're always goofing around. We're always laughing. We have extreme, extreme fun on everything we do, even on the dang van ride to the place. Uh, so how so, do you go from – how do we go from you're, you're welcomed into this spearfishing community – and to now you're you're leading your own charters. How how this happened? Yeah, man, that's that's a that's a cool story too, man. I, I I honestly I love people, dude. Like even if even if you're a complete idiot and and I never want to see you in my life again, I I love that opportunity to to meet you, you know, yeah. um, and just say, whoa, dude. Like there's people out there like that, whatever. So so here's what happened uh, on that trip in Mexico. Um, again, I didn't know anyone. Um, and the way they had it set up was, you know, there's little bungalows type thing and you're going to stay here. You're going to stay here. And, and people were sharing them. Well, there was one other dude on this trip that had really no idea what he was doing, but he really knew how to free dive. He didn't know how to spearfish at all. Still to this day, he, he's terrible. Um, but he's Italian. And in Italy, free diving is a huge sport. It's, a, I mean, I would level it up with like soccer in America, like like really? football, like yeah, it's huge, man. You walk around Italy, and, and the kids are walking around with their favorite free diver jersey. Now, There's what, uh, free hold, dive hold, shops. Hold on a second. What classifies free diving? Like we're not talking about what's going on above the water, jumping off of cliffs, right? We're talking about how deep no, you can go. No, we're talking about how deep you can go, and these dudes are nuts, man. And it's competitive? Like, oh, yeah, it's a huge sport. I mean, like how, huge, huge sport. And how, do they, how do they score? Just how deep you go? Like what's Yeah, the- that's exactly right. So there's, there's different there's different uh, man, what's it like? You have like free diving with, with uh regular fins then you have free diving with a mono fin then you have free diving with no fins then you have free diving on a sled so they do like all these different variations as a sport and and yeah the the deeper you go the you win the longer you hold your breath on a what they call a static breath hold like you just sit in a pool and and hold your breath you don't do any diving or anything you just don't move a muscle and you hold your breath and whoever holds it the longest wins but but most of it's about depth. They have freediving competitions, and it, it's about the the dude who go or the girl who goes the deepest wins. Um, and it's pretty wild, man. I'm talking like like 300 feet and stuff. So, so this guy from Italy, he's 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 introducing you to this whole so side thing. yeah. So when we're in Mexico, he speaks not a hardly a lick of English, uh, and then. Um, I don't speak any Italian, obviously, but I spoke very broken Spanish, uh, just, you know, growing up in Florida, you kind of have to. And, uh, and, um, so we roomed together and we like <laughs> the icebreaker. Here, here's a funny one. The icebreaker of me and him, which really like just made us say, Hey, we're comfortable around each other was we're sitting in this bedroom and it's so awkward. Cause I can't really talk to him and he can't really talk to me, but we're rooming together and i've never been outside the country besides that trip and like i was already really uncomfortable just because i was going through that phase of like i know something in my life is changing so i was just like going through a phase in life and he just this little italian dude he's maybe like five six five seven 
110 pounds. He's tiny. Just rips this Mondo fart. And uh, <laughs> and I looked at him and I'm like, yeah, I was like, whoa, dude. Like, I, I'm just cracking up laughing. And, and he was laughing. And it was just like the first time we actually had like a good, solid laugh together, you know? And, and we talk about it this day. Like, it's funny, but like, that's what broke the he ice. He learned for me Italian. And, he learned English. You guys became best friends. All If he wouldn't have farted, your life would have been. Yeah, if he wouldn't have farted, dude. So, <laughs> so. You know, as the trip goes on, we were we were kind of helping each other talk, and he was like, he invited me to his home in Italy and to and to learn to free dive and all this. And he's like, you know, you can actually learn there. And uh, so I went and I hung out with him in Italy for a while, and uh, and I learned like the the legit ropes of free diving, and I, and I got to. I'm not a good learner, like by book or you know, people telling me things I just like to watch and do. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't ever believe anything until I see it. or I still, I touch it. I just, even if it's solid science in a book and on a movie right in front of my face, I don't believe it until I see it. So I went to Italy and I watched these guys do these crazy dives and I, and I watched them do what they call dynamic dives in a pool where they, they go in a pool and they just swim back and forth on this Olympic sized pool. And, they'll do it like seven times. Like it never come up. And I'm like, you kidding me? Like me and you couldn't do it once, you know? So, so they were doing this and I'm sitting in the bleachers, right? Like bleachers at a pool, bro. Like (laughs) I'm sitting in the bleachers with all these other people cheering and horns and flags. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Like we're just watching people swim in in the United States. Like that don't happen. Right. And uh, so I just got like, just my, my intense level of like really wanting to know what's going on and why these people are so into this. Like it just, I want to do it. I want to do it. And he was the same about spearfishing. Like he might've watched a video somewhere or one of his buddies did it. And he was just as encouraged to learn about spearfishing as I was about freediving. So, so he taught me so much stuff and, and we just had a little bit of a language barrier. I went to some classes with him in Italy because uh, he's a, he's an instructor, and um, and in Italy you have to be like five years experienced, uh, certified like just regular certified freediver um, before you can even become a trainer. Um, of course, in America it's completely different. You can take a class one weekend, never freediving in your life. And the next weekend you can be a certified trainer. Uh, yeah, we had talked uh, about the the racket that is what a all certifications. Joke. Yeah, yeah, man, what a joke. That's a whole other story. But so he's taking me to these classes with him, and the, and the guy uh, that was teaching the class is a world champion freediver, and he's very broken English too. But he would try to help me. But he had like seven other people in the class, so and I was the only american only guy that spoke english so he would like charlie are you getting this you getting this and i'm like man i'm cool like i'm just watching you draw pictures and stuff (laughs) so but really what i learned was was the people i got to see the people and watch them do things and and it made me want it so when i came back to the united states i uh i booked a freediving class and uh and man terrible dude like i'm talking exactly what I was telling you about on the phone the other day was it was this guy. All he did was toot his own horn about how great he is and what he's done. And we didn't learn nothing in the class besides everything he's done in life. And I was like, I, 
Yeah, be I fearful got of, of the guy that always has to tell you everything he's doing. Yeah, I, I got kind of mouthy, man. Like, I, I like to – I'm that dude, man. I'll I'll tell you quick. If, if, if there's a problem, I ain't going to just say, oh, he's just a nice guy. Like, I paid – $360 for this stupid thing. And I didn't come here to pay $360 to learn about what you did. Like I want to do it too. Right. So we go out and the, and they're only, they're diving 60 feet. And, uh, to you and everybody, like that's extreme when you say 60 feet, 60 feet, like I can't go 60 feet, Yeah. but it ain't nothing, dude. Like I have guys every single day, just about, couple times a week that have never even heard of free diving never put a mask on their face or anything and within the second day they're diving over 100 feet and it's all because of the presentation of the teacher or the guy that they look up to right. so like if i tell them if i tell you 60 feet is man you're gonna you're that's wild you're you're nuts for doing that and all this you're gonna believe in your mind Right. That's the craziest all, shit in the yeah, world. It's all relative to the people you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're creating a mindset for these people. You're creating a meet a weak mindset. And and you can't do that, man. Like it's I I love working with kids nowadays and, and all and, and younger dads and stuff because our generation is they're such weak people, you know, they don't want to do why? Anything. Why do you think we're weak people? Because I one hundred percent agree, but I'm i I'm trying to get to the bottom man, of why that's taking place. I, I don't know where where it turned or I don't know if it's because where I just where I grew up, how I grew up, you know, but maybe it's because the economy is growing so much that there's not there's not too much like just crazy wild southern lifestyles anymore or right or right. there's too many damn rules nowadays and like I don't know but I just take these kids out and I and I and I take their parents out and it's like are you guys kidding me like you know what is going on? You guys have you have no gung ho behind you at all, mm. and uh, so so what we do with my company is we basically we just break all barriers, man. There's <laughs> there's no laws behind free diving as much as they want to tell you on online and on these classes and all that because you know this, basically free diving is some dude wrote a book really good book it's really well detailed it's really informational all that but some dude wrote a book and if you go outside the guidelines of that book then he's liable but but there's no government there's no government regulations behind free diving it's snorkeling man it's it's you going to the beach with your family right putting a mask and snorkel on and looking for shells but now you're doing it at 100 feet you don't right. have to have a you don't have a license when you go to the beach with your family and go snorkeling. Why do you have to have it when you go? You're just choosing to be a stronger person. You're choosing to say, "I'm going to take this to the next level." Yeah. So and and you know I t I tell people on my classes all the time. I don't really so much do free diving classes. I I personally like to say I do mindset classes. Okay. So what do you mean by that? I I just teach people different than the the this than what they teach in the regular classes. I teach people that it's not scary. It's not super dangerous. It's, it's not crazy extreme. It's just your mindset is the only thing that makes that different. Your, your mindset in free diving, your mindset in driving a car, your mindset in hunting, any aspect in life, if you have a weak mindset, you're not going to do as good as the guy with a strong mindset. It doesn't matter your body type. It doesn't matter your, your race, your, hair color, anything. It's what is inside your head that says, I'm going to go to the next level. 
And none and of that is probably more prominent than when you're you're holding your breath, right? None of it. If, exactly. You have to be – it doesn't matter if you're 260 pounds, solid muscle, you can bench press a car. If you don't have a strong mind, you're going to do nothing, dude. So like – and that's so because – take me through – because I've briefly heard people talk about, like, the first signal your brain is telling you about, hey, we need to come up for air, it's just out of comfort, right? And you have to, to dive deep, literally, to go in deep water. You have to learn how to basically ignore those those first few alarms. Is that is, is that what, how you describe yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's correct. You have to you have to talk to yourself. It, it's freediving is like meditation and freediving go hand in hand. So you have to be able to tell yourself yes when your body is telling yourself no. And every time you tell yourself yes, although it takes half a second, it all all those half a seconds they add up. So as you're going down your body is going to keep telling you, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you're fighting with yourself and you're saying, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And I, I literally tell myself, I, I like in my mind, I'm talking to myself as I'm diving. And if I feel discomfort, I tell myself, put your head down, put your head down. That's what I say. And, and then I calculate like how many seconds it says, how many seconds it takes to say, put your head down, put your head down. Because when you put your head down, it's, it's telling your mind that you're not done yet. If okay. you lift your head up, if you if your body feels a little bit of discomfort, say you're at 60, 70 feet and you start to feel like I can't do this, I'm uncomfortable. Well, we all feel that way, every one of us. I feel that way every single dive. So it's not something but, that goes away. No, it, it 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 does let me it does go away, yes, but I mean, split second goes away. And then you got to make it. It's going to come back. You got to make it go away. It's going to come back. You got to make it go away. And then when you reach the bottom, you're like, oh, shit, I'm there, you know. And but the the discomfort part is reaching that goal. Um, and then it's just like anything. It's, it's like running a 5K. You're you don't want to do it the whole time. My body can't handle it. And you got that's why you have, you know, cheer people on the side of the road and yes you can yes you can right, we don't have right. that in freediving no. you're your own cheer person so you have to you got for that you have to have a strong mind because you don't have people yelling in your ear the whole time you have to yell in your own ear type thing right so and you're, so you just your time underwater is completely dependent upon what you can do with your own thoughts Correct. Yeah. So like, obviously you can train your lungs, you can do stretches, you can do all this, but, but your average free diver, including myself, I just happen to dive a lot. So I don't really have to do like all the crazy lung stretches and all that. I just do it all the time. So they're already like that, mm -hmm. but your time underwater. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's based on what you're telling yourself. So you're, you're going to run out of air. Yes. But some guys can go down for two and a half minutes. Your average diver can go down for like 40 or 45 seconds. Um, so and, when, and when, never... when somebody comes into your class and cause I, and I'm checking out your page and it's talk, you, you, you see like pretty significant increases in time underwater after like one visit. Like what is it that 
people what's what is the first light bulb that's going off that these people are able to if i could hold my breath for 45 seconds now i just went to 210 like yeah it's so, obviously so not a physiological that is, man, thing let me I'll, I'll break this down for you real quick and it this is a life changer this isn't just a free diving thing this is this is one of those common sense is not so common type things okay um so if you look at any other animal on the planet, including humans as, as infants, if you look at a, a, a newborn baby, a dog, a deer, a cheetah, anything, every other living creature on the planet breathes from their diaphragm. Yes. Me and you don't. <laughs> Me and you, when we run out of breath, you're huffing and puffing. Your shoulders right. are going up. You're breathing from your chest. So – why that is, is because humans are naturally lazy animals. Um, so as you grow from a baby and your rib cage and your muscles and your bones and all that gets strong enough to hold the lung capacity that's inside your rib cage, they, then you stop breathing from your diaphragm because you don't have to have the air in your diaphragm to breathe. It's, it's extra air that you need to be... I don't want to say extraterrestrial, but you can perform a lot better in anything breathing from your diaphragm. All right. This is, I I don't even, you didn't even know that like there's a connection here, but like I, what I do for a living is I I train athletes. I've been a strength conditioning coach in college. I've been an assistant strength coach in the NFL. I've been all over the country and probably the most like earth shattering breakthrough of training people that I've come across um, is with a guy. It, it's called Original Strength. Um, a guy named Tim Anderson came up with this kind of a, a, a way to look at how the body uh, moves and how we should train it. And then I got into it because of my boss, Chip Morton, who's the head strength coach for Cincinnati Bengals. And we talked the first thing. I'm walking in the room. It's a group of NFL guys, and we're all laying on our backs, and we're spending two minutes of diaphragmatic breathing before we do anything else. And I'm starting, I'm like, he's like, the heaviest thing going down I-75 is an 18-wheeler, and it has airbag suspensions. If you want to be ridiculously strong, you have to learn how to pack the air in the right places. And when we started teaching kids that, when I went back down to the college level, and we started teaching kids how to breathe and hold it in there and and how to breathe effectively in between reps, their numbers were out of control. Like, oh, yeah. unbelievably strong, and it's really, really cool that what you're talking about is the same thing. There is a connection across human performance with the breath. I think In really any cool. aspect of life, man. <laughs> Just yes. people don't ever put two and two together. I got a couple friends right now that are going to Lamaze Le- 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 classes every day. His wife's pregnant. Right, yeah. And yeah. he's like, man, remember all that, you know, that stuff you taught me in freediving about – breathing from your diaphragm all they teach her the same thing in the Le Mans class because the baby needs air too Amazing. and it's like man like yeah like they teach long distance runners this and all that and then and then like i said if you look at my thing is i love to just watch animals when i go hunting and all that and, and i just see like why can why can a dog or a deer run when you spook a deer that thing will run 250 yards across the field jump a fence and keep on going and all this and i'm th- not stopping a bit Right. And me and you can't go run down the street without saying, damn, I'm tired, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But if you, <laughs> So it's like, 
we're just we're all animals we're all designed with muscle structure and lungs and heart and all this but how you how you use it is different and and that's a society problem man the society doesn't let you use your body to its full potential anymore and you don't have to be a super crazy athlete but just just being a fun person it's really hard to do nowadays it versus when i grew up it's really hard to just go out and have fun without being criticized, without being judged upon, without having to explain why you did this. And I'm bringing it back, man. Like, right. I, I just don't care, dude. Like, I, I don't care if I get in trouble. I don't feel like I'm doing anything illegal ever. I don't. But my mindset as a human is I just don't care. Like, if it makes me and my group of buddies have the time of our life or if I take a couple kids out and they're laughing the whole time they learn something new. I do not care what society thinks. Um, and, and why, I, why I, do you think, let me ask you this. It's, it, it seems that there's a common thread between if you, the more primal we get in a, in a pursuit, the, the really, the more, um, lasting or iconic the memory is. And it's like the time of our life. Like, the more we get out into wild places and the more we go do something that's just it's on it's it's on the outer edge of what we consider um, safe or, or what's what's dangerous in our modern society or all those sorts of things. But why is we if you want to call it develop or maybe undevelop or devolve as we go? Why do you it, it's it's almost like systematically we get further and further away from our original design right it's like if you want to train the body the body is just it's a whole bunch of different mechanisms that can do a lot of different movements and those movements are just combined like and that and that's throwing a baseball but then we just we make it we train it like a machine instead of train, training it like the human body we'll, we'll do some curls now do some sit-ups now lay down do a bench now stand up do a squat when it's, it's yeah. all of those things combined at the same time and I, I just from a from a coach's viewpoint, we miss out on that. From a from the breathing standpoint, we just stare at our phones and breathe into our necks, and we just shallow breathe and create stress that we don't even know we're creating because we don't breathe effectively. The further we get away from what we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be doing it, it seems the more miserable we make ourselves. Right? Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. It's the the world is as. Everybody relies on everybody instead of themselves, you know, right. and yes. they, instead of just going out and doing something or being primal, like you said, it, you know, when, when you, when you earn anything being primal, it, it doesn't matter if you, if your dog's running down the street and you chase it down and you catch it versus 95% of the people, their dog is going to run to the stop sign. And they're going to run back and call somebody to help them catch their dog, you know? And right. it's like, Go catch it yourself and then scream down the road, get all your neighbors involved. And you just created, you know, you might've met one of your neighbors you didn't meet before. And it's all because you did something versus get on your damn phone and call someone and post a picture and say, my dog's lost, you know, and, right. and with, with hunting and diving and all that, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do it all, man. I wish I could do everything in the world, but I, uh, I, I yeah. kind of want to. I'll I'll stick on my subject a little bit more, my expertise. But like, I hate scuba diving, dude. Hate it with a passion. Okay, why? Why? So for me, scuba diving is personally it's great for research, for going down, taking pictures, 
you know, finding artifacts that are lost and all this crap. But as soon as you put a spear gun or a weapon in your hands and you start shooting fish, you, you don't deserve it. You know, like it, it's, you're, you're using man-made equipment. You're using basically robotical equipment in my mind to shoot the fish for you. You can't do that on your own. You can't, if the fish goes away and it goes to a deeper grounds or whatever, you don't deserve it. Right. So now, now let me play the devil's advocate here. And I'm not, this isn't how I feel, but like, what's the difference between using gear to make you be able to stay underwater longer as is a rifle that you, if you were hunting it with a bow, there's no way you could have harvested that animal. But now that you have a rifle, you can make a 350-yard shot and doesn't even know you're in the area. What's the difference? Yeah, so, I mean, I rifles and all that, I'm a bow hunter. I'm not against rifles at all. Uh, I am against them to, to, like, certain yardage, I guess. I don't know the hunting terms yet, but, like, if you're a dude that is hiking Colorado and you shoot an elk from, like, a 1,000-yard shot, I know there's guys that do it. There's so many levels of technical knowledge behind that. That's like half the time they don't even hit them, you know? Right, so right. it's just a crazy, crazy shot. But it, it, for me, it's like, I guess like crossbow, uh, scuba diving and free diving is like crossbow and, and, uh, recurve or compound bow. Like you didn't, you didn't have to hold that bow back and stop the shaking and re- lower your heart rate, and do all this. Like, you, it's a it's a rifle with an arrow, you know. Right, um, right, right, right. But yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about the rifles and all that. I don't personally use them. Um, we sh- we use them for hogs and stuff, but like I, hogs are an invasive species. We're not right. going to go out at one o'clock in the morning and with lion and, like and I, and I think, and lionfish. And I don't think I, that you're wrong about the uh scuba diving thing i think it's it's just it's interesting the the more i dive into these outdoor pursuits is that there are people and and they all seem very personal and very individualized the the convictions that they have about the thing that it is they're doing you know yeah. what i mean i um, i think the difference mainly for me is with hunting you you don't hunt at a commercial rate right so like if a dude goes out with a rifle um and they they kill a deer or whatever great they got their deer tag they shot their buck for the year and and that's it they're like they're done yeah with with spearfishing man on scuba you're you're allowed to do that commercially Mm -hmm. so these guys will go out and i'm talking like me and you as we're considered recreational divers i don't have commercial permits because i don't like commercial fishing um plus it forces you to work but um these guys will go out me and you are only allowed for instance uh groupers and snappers we're allowed two per person on a commercial boat they're allowed like like 40 and it's like so they go down on these scuba tanks that me and you are shooting we're working our butts off to shoot one or two fish and we might go in like when we say we have a cooler full of fish, like you shot two fish, I shot two fish. Like we're, I mean, we're insanely stoked because we did it free diving. We had to dive a hundred feet for them and all this. And these guys are coming into the docks with like 55 gallon drums, just dumping them all over the docks, like hundreds and hundreds of fish. And we're like, right. well, no wonder we got to dive a hundred feet for these stupid fish. 
Yeah, you know, and, right. and there's a there's a book that a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Steve McDonald, turned me on. It's called the the, the Gulf, and mm-hmm. it's all about the Gulf of Mexico way back in the day. How like the fishery was just insane and all this. Interesting. And uh, you know, red snappers in ten foot of water covering the ledges and all this. And now like we have to run sixty miles to get these things. Yeah. And if you go to the Bahamas, if you go to Costa Rica, if you go to Mexico. If you go to all these places, which are huge spear diving destinations, the fish are absolutely giant and they're so plentiful. Um, like Bermuda and the Bahamas, you can get monster groupers and hogfish in 10 foot of water. Mm. Um, and they're just everywhere. Like, obviously, you got to find them because the coral is huge and all this, but there's just so many of them. And, but guess what? Scuba spearfishing is illegal, spearfishing with yeah. a gun is even illegal. So, um, you know, it just, I always, I, I try to tell people and explain to them, like I get a lot of scuba divers that come on my trips to shoot big fish overseas and, you know, in shallow water. And, you know, they're like, Oh my God, this place is crazy. And I said, well, Hey, when you go back home, why don't you think about that? You know, like right. every time you put a scuba tank on in 40 foot of water, why don't you think about, you know, we could get these, we could have this same fishery at home if you guys would not do this. And, and that's why I well, feel yeah, that's I just can't stand scuba spearfishing, man. Like, well, that <laughs> that makes total sense now, and it's what it is. Is it's it's just a very um, pertinent to what it is that you do, that you see, um, you know, how you ruin something in pursuit of making it easier on yourself. Yeah, and that's what we've it done is. to our whole life. Is we've made we've ruined our lives in pursuit of making things more convenient. Oh yeah. And man is ruining the world, man. And they don't get it. Like they do more research. They ruin the world more by doing more research, you know? (laughs) And it's like, if you, if you guys would just not waste so much money and time and equipment, all this doing research, just leave the animals alone. You know, like, right. I don't, I don't get it, man. Like they'll go out and they'll shoot a grouper with a, with a tag and, and they'll, they'll catch these big fish on rod and reel. And then they'll, they'll pop their, uh, air bladders to send them back down with a tag and it's like 90 percent of them die or something it's like if you guys would just leave them alone why do we need to know like right. you know we don't we don't need to know if you guys would just leave these poor things in their own environment we don't need to know all this information about them so and and then they do their the way they base their research and their their justifications are like well you know the numbers aren't down and all this and it's like if but when the for where I live, it's called FWC. They'll go out right. to this place and they'll catch, you know, a ton of groupers, a ton of snappers, and they'll catch all these fish. But they have to run 110 miles out to this super secret spot that nobody else is allowed to go to, and all that. Well, you know, we caught all these numbers and they're still there. And it's like, we you shouldn't have to go 110 miles offshore, you know? <laughs> like, right. if, why don't you guys go 10 miles offshore where average Joe is going and see about your numbers, you know? So. That's, that's, yeah, that's interesting. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at with it, man. And, and it's the same as uh, I don't know the big town or city where you live. I live in like near Tampa, St. Pete. Right. And I'm not going to walk through Tampa, St. Pete and see an eight point buck walking down the street. No. Why? Because we had to build buildings. We cut down all the forests. So I have to travel all the way to Montana or all the way to Georgia just to see a damn deer. Right. It's like, I. I shouldn't have to do that, you know? Right. So that's just, you know, 
and I guess as far as going back to the scuba free diving, it's like for me with hunting, it's like if you're sitting in a tree stand and you throw a grenade at a deer, you're a chump, you know, like, <laughs> right, right. you don't deserve that animal. Uh, so I don't know, man. Well, it, 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 I, it just falls in line with this necessity to rethink almost everything that we've we've come to just say is is normal or status quo in our society because i mean it's just how much can you get how fast can you get it how cheap can you get it for and it doesn't matter if, if it was worth it if it was it's just get, get that's why black black friday will exist the day after thanksgiving to just buy crap just oh yeah you know unneeded, unneeded oh yeah crap but what we yep. do need what we do need and and i want to talk about i have we're going to have an episode about this later on as we get closer to the holidays is stop buying your kids more just crap to pile up in their room and for them to just lock themselves in there and play buy them experiences and yep. that's why i want to be able to connect them to people like yourself like to, to shift gears here because i got about 10 more minutes um before I got to go back to work, but uh, wh- why do people need adventure, like going spearfishing, like just going out into some wild place? If you're not, you don't have to be a hunter and a fisher, but just getting in the water, getting out somewhere, getting into wide open spaces. Why do we need adventure in our lives? According Man, to it's, it's a reset. It, it, it brings you back to what I always say is people, people don't want to believe it, but facts are facts. We are animals. It's like right. we are, you know, we are primitive. We are dominant. We, we are naturally just animals. And, and right now everybody's cooped up and they don't even realize you're living in a cage. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're waking up in a cage, you're going to bed in a cage, you put your pants on, you go to another cage and you're getting, you know, like you just don't even realize you're just, you're not ever, ever, ever being yourself. When you get out and you do things like we're doing, we're living off of who you are. Like your, your personality, you're, you're going to make that trip. If, 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 if you go get us food, great. If you go climb a coconut tree, get us drinks, great. But you're, and it, you're, you're going to feel so good about yourself that you never even felt before because, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't, you didn't go down the street to a Seven Eleven and buy the coconut water. You climbed a coconut tree and you got the coconut water, something you didn't even know was a thing, you know? Right. So when you go back home, you, you realize that, Hey, there's a, there's a person outside of this life. Like, this is who I have to be. This is what I have to do every single day. But it gives you like a feeling inside that I am, I'm not just your average Joe, you know, I'm Charlie and this is what Charlie does. And this is what Charlie's going to continue to do. So when you, all it takes is one trip. And I I mean, I I guarantee it. All it takes is one adventure with us to say, I'm coming back for more. Like, yeah, because if we, if we can't go fishing, we're not stopping, man. We're not gonna, we have groups of people come down here and go to other countries all the time. And, uh, we're not, we don't take no for an answer. So mother nature will sling us a curveball, and we're going to hit it. Like if you don't want us to go fishing because the wind's blowing and the waves are big, well, guess what? We're going to go hog hunting. You don't want us to go hog hunting. We're going to get on the airboat and we're going to go gigging frogs or we're going to kill an alligator or, right. you know, we're right. going to do something. So we're just going to have fun no matter what, 
you know, yeah. you want to rain? Good. We like to play in the rain. We don't have to be under a roof all the time. And we don't have to say, well, it's a rainy day. We're not able to do anything, you know? Right. So, but that's what society teaches you is you can't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just, and I grew up that way. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, uh, and I'm just like, I just completely flipped it around to why, why, why can't you, you know, like, have you ever done it? No. Yeah. So how do you know? Well, yeah. I, I, well, because my grandpa said, and it's like, yeah, but have you, has, have you ever done it? And mm-hmm. so let's do it, you know? And, and Hey, if we it. can't do it, great, let's do it. But you know, it's just these, everybody's so weird nowadays. And, and, and I, weirdos. I actually, Absolutely. I, and we're going, weirdos, we're going man. about it all backwards. Like we're figuring, like, like you said, we'll do two years of research and be like, scientists have, have confirmed that walking outside is good for your brain. And it's like, are you serious? Like, yeah. And so then we're yeah, like, thanks. and so then a, re- <laughs> a, 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 a knee a jerk reaction is a, is a school district, right? Cause I'm in education. They'll be like, Oh, we need to figure out how to have our kids more active. Oh, have them stand up and March in between doing their math problems. And it's like, you yeah. guys are out of your minds. You're just synthetically trying to simulate the way we're just supposed to be doing stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, Take gotta, recess out of class. Take because, recess out of class because we got to get our test scores marks. up. <laughs> they need to study more. But our brains work better when we have physical activity. And, oh, we need to do cross cross curricular. We need we need to figure out a way to combine math and English and science and phys ed all the same thing. Well, you know what that is? That's going outside and finding. Like I told uh, uh, there we had a professional development, and there was a lady. She's like, we got to figure out how to make all these things. I was like, listen calculate how far you are from something and then physically move in that direction and then be quiet enough and then physically go after the animal i said there's a whole lot of cross disciplines that just took place right there when you do oh yeah and it's dangerous and it's thrilling and it's exciting and it gives kids some some agency to their life and and all of these things are taking place that we're trying to we're spending hundreds and thousands if not millions of dollars of years or uh, millions of dollars a year in the school to figure out how to make a kid feel good about himself and not be an idiot and instead all those answers are outside or in the water every one of them yep every single one of them and you can learn you can learn so much from an animal like if you just sit outside and watch anything like you know we we're all living creatures we all learn from each other so sometimes i'll just you know, watch what they do and watch how they do things. And, you know, you can learn like where they find their food source and why they go this route. And, you know, Oh, he's walking around that because there's a swamp over here that I can't walk in type thing. And it's, but I, you know, it's sad to say that some of these grown men, grown women and their kids will never get to experience this because what they watch on TV and what they're taught. And, you know, shark week is one of the worst, dude. Like it's, Holy crap, the things people think about sharks and jellyfish and all this. Right. It's like, right. I, that's the number one question I get on the phone or whatever is, well, what about sharks? Or, you know, is there sharks in the area? Yeah, dude. Is there ants yeah, in your backyard? Li- they live here, dude. You know, like, <laughs> they live in the ocean. So, like, what? it's funny to me, like, yeah, there's sharks. Well, I, I ain't coming then, man. I, I don't do no sharks. It's like, but you will go out to a bar in downtown Tampa and you'll stay and party till three o'clock in the morning and you do all this, but you won't swim in the water with a shark. How many, how many, uh, people do you hear about every single day that are, 
that die, get shot, they get robbed, and they do all that, you know? Yes. And it's like, oh, how many – you see here thousands of stories a day. How many stories do you hear about a shark? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like maybe one, uh, and everybody freaks out about it and all that, and, you know, oh, well, that's why you're not supposed to be in the water. Well, why don't you not go walk downtown and drink at the bars every night? Or why don't you not get in your car every day and drive down the interstate? Because hundreds and thousands of people get in a car crash every day, but you still get in your car, you know? Absolutely. So, it, because society tells you cars are safe. Society tells you it's okay to go out and drink and have and, and rage all night long, do all this mm-hmm. because because it because you're giving money back, you know. Yep. But society will not tell you it's okay to go out and enjoy nature and just sit on your ass in the grass under a tree and watch things, you know. Right. That's stupid. That's right. that's not good for you, you know. <laughs> yes. So well, I'm I mean, just, you're. You're on it, man. You are you are ahead of where most people are trying to get to. Uh, how do we? How do people find you on social? Uh, media? So yeah, so on social media, uh, I'm good time at good time Charlie Charters. Okay. We have a Facebook and Instagram, and you'll have to forgive my social. I I don't like that crap, man. I do it for connection, and that's about it. Right. Uh, we Which have a website. <laughs> Yeah, we have a website. It's www.spearfishing-adventures.com. Okay. Um, that's more directed at the international trips. We own a boat in Cape Verde, Africa. We have a place in Costa Rica. We go to Indonesia, um, Australia, Tahiti. We go all over the place. Awesome. Um, but the the good time Charlie charters. That's that's how you directly. My phone will get a message right when you. You know, it's like texting me or whatever. Right. And that's more directed at coming to Florida, um, learning to learning to do whatever. If you want to go, if you want to go free diving, if you want to go spear fishing, if you want to go rod and reel fishing, if you want to go hog hunting, if you want to do any of that, that's yeah. how you get in touch with me to figure the the old Florida local boy type gimmick out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Right. But we're just we're just trying to teach people to to get back to being a human and a human is not a businessman. A human is a human. We're animals. We're, we're naturally supposed to be in the wild. That's how we were developed. And, and although, you know, the world is how it is today and and we got to adapt, you can still go back to being a human, not an ant or a robot per se. Right. So that's all we're trying to do is just give people a life experience of who they really are and not who they're supposed to be. Man, I, I, this is so much bigger than just going fishing. This is so much bigger than how long you can hold your breath. Um, this, this is important. This is an important work. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the lifestyle that you're putting out there. We're, we're copycat animals. Uh, and to just put that out there that this is a, this is a life in the United States that can be lived uh, is refreshing and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be cool i can't wait to get this word out there for people man i really appreciate your time for real yeah and 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 one thing i want to touch on really really quick because i don't want to confuse people with freediving is it's it's not really about how long you can hold your breath because that'll scare people it'll say well i can't hold my breath or whatever you know uh that's that grows in the sport with how how far you want to push yourself but you can, I just, I took a fella out not long ago, uh, a comedian, his name's Bert and they've never done this in their life. Bert Kreischer, None of them. Kreischer, right? Bert, Bert Kreischer. Yeah. yeah. 
they, these guys, it was on something they were doing called Sober October. They're supposed to try new things and all this. And they, these guys have never done this. So they're obviously not going to go out and hold their breath for three minutes and do this crazy 100-foot right. dive. I'm not but, going to. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to. But what you're going to do is you're going to have the time of your life. You know, so like yep. you're going to shoot a trash fish. You're going to shoot probably a bait fish or probably something that we wouldn't think about eating and all that. But – when you come up, you are going to have the time of your life. And, and that's what our goal is. We're, we obviously want to teach you to get better and all that, but we're just here for experience. We're here to say, man, you remember that time? You know, like, yes, it was a blast, dude. It was a blast. And imagine next time. So it, it keeps you wanting to say, well, I want to do that next time, you know? Yep. So we don't want to ever scare people and say, well, I can't be a free diver. I don't have time to learn and all that. Like, just get in the water or get outside or do something like Absolutely. I'm not a professional hunter right now, yeah. but I'm walking around the woods every single day, just trying to find out how to be a professional hunter. I don't ever see anything, yeah, man. And, you know, but I'm having a damn good time. I was just telling my buddy this morning, I'm like, man, I've went all the way to North Carolina there, Cedar Mountain, North Carolina. Didn't see nothing. Then drove all the way to Georgia. Didn't see nothing, but it was me and Chelsea and we had a blast, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's all that matters, man. We didn't sit at home and watch TV the whole weekend. And we took our dogs with us and we got them outside. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I just don't want people to think you can't do it because you, you can do anything. You don't have, maybe you can't get to the hundred feet, but you can see something you've never seen before. And it doesn't matter if it's a, a jellyfish. It's a, it's a game changer, you know? Absolutely. Charlie, this is awesome. Awesome. People have to hear it. They have to apply it to their lives right now um thank yeah, you so much for, for your time brother yeah man no worries i'll All talk right. to you later yes sir see you thank you for listening to another episode of the man child podcast special thanks to our web designer our site manager patrick davis aka the pastor and director of the Fringe Church, owner-operator of the soon-to-be-open Fringe Coffee House. Thank you to Dave Lessing, writer, producer, performer of the Manchild theme song. And thank you to Culture Wall. We used a little bit of his new song to check out on YouTube. Uh, Cowpoke. Really cool there. So many people joining in in the man child movement. There's room for more on the struggle bus. All right? Come on.